what? better than everything I think is there a better podcast than Agitator no. no oh wait let me I check so. uh, no. No. no uh yeah I'm just uh, I'm here I'm on my way to Target I'm picking up uh, water and baby food and it was timed perfectly like Rios was like, oh, I ordered, uh, I did a Target order. She she loves phone shopping, by the way. I think it's cute, but she just likes to get on the phone and order order shit. <laughs> so she she was like, oh yeah, I did a Target order, and I was like, what time did you put that in? She was like 6:51. I said, oh, perfect, perfect timing. That means it'll be ready at just about just about agitator time. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. How that worked out. But uh, yeah, we get we get live field reporting of the target pickup, so that's good. Yeah, it's good. People like this avant-garde shit. We talk about it in uh, the agitator Z that's behind the paywall, but it's our aesthetic, and uh, we agree. We agree that is our aesthetic. We intend for it to be that way. That's a hundred percent planned. It's uh, plotted out. It's a hundred percent planned. When yeah. when we said that everything everything about the show. Yeah, is. yeah. See, when Rio said she wanted to be a part of this episode, that's what she meant. That she was gonna make a target mm-hmm. order, so that she went out mm-hmm. into the. She's gonna she's gonna end up on it anyway because we're doing it on Tascam and they're all there. Uh, I told her I was like, "So you ready for to do the podcast tonight?" She's like, "Podcast tonight." <laughs> I said, yeah, remember? She's like, I'm too nervous. I was like, okay. She doesn't like to uh, put her voice out there. And, uh, which, I mean, she should. You know what's fucking funny, dude? If Rios did a podcast, it would, like, blow up. Oh, yeah, easy. I was telling Erica earlier, I was like, this is going to be an interesting one because I usually show up as myself turned up a notch but the thing is with like Rios and I get to talking shit like in person Mm -hmm. and so I'm like I might have to scale it back a little (laughs) 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 for for the sake of your wife's public image (laughs) yeah yeah no Rios is uh she's just like a normal person who uh doesn't disown people for disagreeing with her she'll just talk shit to you she also she won't do that wormy thing either of like pretending that she agrees with you and then when your back is turned she'll be like oh i hate like she'll just tell you straight up she'll be like what the fuck oh yeah she makes that scrunch face like what yeah every time you come she's always just like jesus christ kelby it's like yeah yeah (laughs) but I, I admire that. That's something that I admire in all of my, all of my friends. Today, by the way, 
we're talking about 2022's Connect. We talked about it a little bit with uh, the no homework Jew Adam Lair. Uh, <laughs> but we, we're really. We're, he said he said that on Twitter. He was like, I guess I'm the only, I'm the only Jew who's infamous for not doing homework. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, pretty That's much. That's great. I respect um, it. I wish I was kind of like that. I respect everything about so this is gonna be kind of the theme of the episode that, that I'm seeing. So I feel like it's about time since this is a classico and it is a Mike. I feel like every time now that we actually talk about a Mike project, we should be updating our manifesto. Because he's the godfather, he's the patron saint of this podcast. And I learned something new from him everything that I watch you know I don't always have to love it but I find out something new and uh, Adam and Jack and Zach and Cy and Glenn they have uh, I think they've also sort of added on to the agitator way of life with how they view the world and how they run things so I thought this would be cool as like a manifesto update, like a companion piece, if you will, to the, the slanderous Agitator Z, right? So almost like a good and evil mm, dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or yin like and if, yang. You, if you if you want the if you want the evil shit where I'm I call Roxanne Gay fat, you have to pay five dollars. But this is like this is like the nicer version of it. Or maybe nicer is gonna be the wrong word because sometimes every time I say like on an episode like I'm gonna be like I'm not gonna say anything fucked up like that's when I say the most fucked up shit by accident so I'm not gonna make any promises like that but what I will say is that this will be like a, kind of an articulation artistically and in general of kind of where we're at so what what you think about that yeah yeah I can dig that that makes sense cool. with the uh, connect one of my very very first impression with it as uh, fitting into Mike's overall catalog is just the respect I have for the man to just take something and go and after after hundreds hundreds of projects out there he's still fine with experimenting and just being like, yeah, we're done. Moving on to the next thing. Because, mm -hmm. like, Connect is... Uh, rough. It, it's like, obviously, Mike doesn't quite know what to do with a series. Yeah. Because it's a... It's a bit full. For, even for like just six episodes it's like okay this actually could have been a movie and I don't I don't That's, mean that in like yeah. you could have trimmed this down cut out this storyline or this tangent it's like no you could have cut out all the like non-stop flashbacks to shit we've already seen mm -hmm. like like mm -hmm. the literal fluff not just like well that could have been like this character could have been condensed into like no no all the all this stuff that's just like here to just make it longer <laughs> so at six episodes 40 minutes per episode let me do some quick math do 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 that's 240 minutes which is four hours 
yeah, this could have been a three-hour movie. Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy. And if he wanted to cut it a little bit more, he could have gotten it down to about two and a half. Uh, and we very rarely... Hold on, my order's coming right now. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't talk about that kind of shit because I, I'm a believer in it is what it is, how the creator did it, that's how it was supposed to be, like... I would have done it th- differently. Well, of course you would have, because you're not the person who made it. So that's not usually how I how I judge things. I have to pick it up. You have to pick it up. Yeah. Why'd you knock it over? Put it in the basket. That's better. That's better. No, the microphone's got phone. Yeah, it's gonna blow. Do you yeah. do you know what Daddy's doing right now? What's Daddy doing? Does he? Does he know the word podcast? We can go into space. Is that what we're doing? That is what we're doing. We're going up. We're going so far up. We're going into space. Oh, about. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. No, agitator. Agitator. No, Not mashed turtles. potatoes. <laughs> turtles. <laughs> turtles was yesterday. Turtles was the agitator Z that people No, turtles. Yeah, you remember when we were calling people the F word and all that stuff? No. <laughs> Die. What? I don't know what these fucking kids are doing. They're standing there with a cart full of my stuff talking to each other. <laughs> Hold on one second. Wait, I'm a robot. You're a robot? Yeah. Hi, it's for uh, 9510. Where did you want to drive? In the truck. Yeah. Going in the bag. Going in the bag. Did that With the time, we're not commenting on the maximalism of the of the thing, right? It's not like, oh, I got bored, so therefore it's bad. It's just that there the the flash the flashbacks as an artistic choice are not my favorite device anyway. So I think that just the sheer amount of times that we saw this kid fall out of a tree and then come back to life after falling out of the tree, it was like, come on, bro. But I think that uh, Miike is such a workman and he's so focused on 
under, you know how the kids will say like, oh, he understood the assignment or whatever, and it's usually because somebody's wearing like a cool outfit or something. Right. Um, Miike, Miike really tries to understand what his assignment is. So if he's doing Blade of the Immortal, he's in full on fucking samurai ronin, uh, stylized action type shit. If he's doing like a comedy, he, he shoots it the way that, you know, comedies are shot, Yakuza films are a certain way. And so for this, and I, I haven't seen MPD Psycho, but I've heard similar criticisms of that show, that it's like a little bit stretched out, a little bit over long. I think that Mike, this is me getting inside the man's head, but I think that Mike, when he's making a TV show, he goes to it with the sense that people are going to watch one episode per week, the way people used to watch TV. Mm. And I, I think that's a bit of a miscut, because this makes total sense, because I watched the sixth episode today, and I hadn't watched, I watched the first five like two weeks ago, and then I watched the last one today. And to be fair, like, some of those flashbacks actually helped. Because it had been a minute since I'd seen the rest of the show. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be a case where he, where he's thinking, like, okay. And it's like, I don't know if when he was assigned to do Connect, I don't know if he knew that it was going to be a stream. I have to assume, that, well, because Disney Plus, did they finance this or did they just distribute it in Korea? They, uh, I heard they financed it. Um, That's what I thought too. Let's see. But maybe he doesn't understand the streaming concept quite yet. Where it's like, no, you can just make, you know, a four-hour, six-part movie. No, yeah, they just fine. they acquired it for release. They didn't pay for it. See, okay, so maybe he thought it was going to be on TV. You know, like maybe on, you know, whatever. Korea's version of public, uh, not public access, but you know, like prime time, yeah. right? Maybe he's like, I'm making this for prime time. Six weeks, so you know, every, because it even, I don't know if you noticed this, but the show even has cuts in it, the way that it's edited. It, it cuts like there's like there's be a, a commercial. commercial. Yeah, you know no, I, mean? I noticed that a lot because I thought that like it was, I thought my internet was going out or something. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out what the fuck was going on, too. I was like, that's a weird stylistic choice, but it's not stylistic. It's because... Okay, so my theory now is solidified in my brain, at least, that Miike was under the impression that this was like... I mean, even so, uh, I'm just... I'm not a fan. I'm working on that with my own books right now, too, and I'm... Uh, with books, it's a little bit easier to do flashbacks because it's all story, but I'm just... I'm not a super huge fan of you know, so let's go back 30 years and see something from the, if, the I don't if know why, it's, just a, it's a hang up with of mine. me, I have, I have the same hang up, or similar at least, in the way that like, if, if you flashback, it better be something I've never seen before, I just don't want to see the thing I've already seen, I would, I would yeah. rather be yeah. confused, I don't, like, mm -hmm. if it's highly convoluted, if it's like, all kinds of shit going on if it's been a while since i read it or watched it last or whatever i still would rather be confused than you keep showing me the thing that's like i already saw this do you think i'm retarded like i am but you don't have to keep you reminding know, me <laughs> i don't like to be I, reminded i don't want to be reminded 
I think that it would have been cool if because the plot of the of the show is that our hero Ha Dong Su is uh, his eye. It's a little unclear as to how the eye makes it to the serial killer or why the serial killer needs a new eye. Because um, the uh, but essentially the surgeon was doing an experiment. He didn't want a new eye. But while he was under, oh, since the surgeon had oh, that eye, he was like, huh, I the wonder. Connect eyeballs. Yes, he was like, I wonder what would happen. Uh, I see, I see, I see. Thank you. Yeah, I, that flew over my head. Um, so basically, Ha Dong Su gets, uh, gets kidnapped by organ harvesters. Yeah. And they, this guy starts trying to take his body for parts, and it doesn't. <laughs> work out very well like he basically all of his parts go back together and he busts out the window and you know that all oh my god that's not a cat that's a fucking what the fuck is that this is how I die by a cryptid on the on the show <laughs> um but so so basically like since he's got that eye and there's this really cool special effect where he's you know these red viscera tentacles come out and like reconnect the body parts and shit i thought the flashbacks would be cool if there was like a progress a progression of like shit stealing his eye like if a bird pecked it out and he like chased down the bird and just like getting into absurd comical like if it became a motif of his life that like shit was always taking his eye from him and he was always having to get it back as a kid yeah um, yeah that'd have been tight or just or just more shit happening it was like the same tree thing and like monster right, right. i'm not a monster which is like all these things hate being called monsters i mean gideon the the thing that's actually a fucking monster doesn't like being called a monster uh they get they get really upset about that uh, it's like I, but, I don't I mean, like they, being they are kind called of freaks, a retard though. by Mike when he's constantly showing me the same flashback over and over. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but in terms of the series itself, the the camera that they use to film this is like it's like the same kind of TV camera that gets used for everything, and uh, I think that's a little bit detrimental as well because Miike works better with that like greenish tinted grainy you know direct to video kind of yeah. look and uh he's managed to maintain that through a lot of his more mainstream stuff like Blade of the Immortal or even something like Terraformers or something like that you still get the, the feeling like it feels like a Miike movie and a lot of Let's say personality, I think, gets lost with that. Just like, we got to get rid of these fucking high def. Uh, I, I hate uh, 4K. TV cameras. I hate 4K so much. Like, the only thing that looked good in it was a uh, decision to leave. And, you know, even then, if, it, if we had to sacrifice that movie to get back to better cameras that's fine um, can't quite say what they did it was product it was set design it was like the things that the composition of what was in the frame is what made decision to leave look good and it's like with these 4k cameras people just are so i've seen it happen i know people who have these crazy cameras 
and they just they're mesmerized by how clear it looks and everything yeah, that they don't yeah. care yeah. about setting up the shot anymore they just point and shoot and it's like there's nothing interesting to look at here you're just filming the gray hallway excuse me yeah, I saw you guys. I couldn't, I couldn't get in because I left my phone in the car. I was going to hang up while I was filming. Lower. But yeah, the clear camera is... It's good if you are watching a soap opera or a K-drama and you don't care about... What's the word for that? Not vi Is it visual language? Or texture might be a better word. Texture. Like if you're looking for that kind of texture then that's something that you probably actually want to to have be present within the thing but yeah i found that to be ugh, a little bit disappointing too but those are my those are my critiques but i, I want to talk about what we liked about the show too so yeah those are those are, are my top? only criticisms honestly so like we got those we got those out of the way those were big but Hey, Bubba's. What's up, dude? <laughs> you gonna say something into the, into the microphone? Whole squad no. joining. No. <laughs> Got the whole squad. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. My uh. Did you say PlayStation is No, never. What are you talking about? We just, we just got we got Tony Hawk now, so we're on that. Uh, Ooh. Hell yeah! I'm, I created my little zoomer skater, and uh. Mm. Does he have broccoli hair? Uh, he's got a pink fade. That's what's up. Trying to be true to life. Um. I might as well get a pink fade or something. I'm turning gray. You're turning yeah. gray? Yeah, I'm gray too, on the sides. I got the salt and pepper. That's that's what's going on, the, the Mr. Fantastic thing. <laughs> oh, I just swished. My kid just got this basketball, and I, all day long today, I've just been shooting these little rubber basketballs at it. And uh, so now I'm elite. I'm a fucking elite athlete with this show. Oh, yeah. I literally just, I'm, I'm not even bullshitting. I picked up this ball from the kitchen and just like sunk it, just swished it. I don't know how that's going to translate into real basketball, but I'm trying out next week. So I think it's just a metaphor for where we're at right now. That's just, yeah, I'm trying out for the girls' team, but I'm allowed to do it because I got long hair and I can, you know. I can bend the rules. The rules are bendable now. Yeah, yeah. All that, all that stuff doesn't mean anything, anyways. It's all fluid. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Go try out for the WNBA and be the the Michael Jordan over there. <laughs> hey, get out from under the sink. You can't. You can't get down. Uh uh. No sir. I tell you, did I mention yesterday on the podcast that I, I fixed the, the disposal? Yeah, yeah, you did that. with the. I did. Uh, yeah. What? And wasn't it like a year ago you were asking me how to fix that thing? I don't know. I just use the Allen key to just like drain it, uh -huh. and then uh, pick shit out of it, and now it works. So I'm uh, uh yeah I'm trying to get into into actually fixing and repairing things because I think it's cool. 
I think that the way forward for me, like my hobby, is going to legitimately be fixing stuff. Just like tinkering in the garage. Yeah, you just start by taking shit apart. It's like, how how do I do this? I don't know. Uh, take it apart. I heard Barrett talking about fucking taking apart guitar amps. That sounds cool to me. Oh, yeah. Pedals and guitar amps and shit. <laughs> like, I feel like it would be sick to have a garage full of guitar amps that you're, like, working on. And people come bring you their, you know, their stack, and they're like, hey, it's got a bit of the rattle in it, and I'm covered in grease. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And then we can, uh, we can do what Jack says, and we can change the whole Agitator podcast to, like, the Fix-It Guy podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Straight guys can never stay on a show. Stick with one and then thing. when they, uh, <laughs> when something happens, they have to change the name of it, and the whole thing has to switch up. I was laughing my ass off too because they were like, "But except for Agitator," and I was like, "Well, to be fair, Agitator was something." Was I was. <laughs> I did change the name to Agitator. Well, yeah, it changed to Agitator, but that this is a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this really is yeah. a new thing. Agitator is not, it's not going anywhere. So it's kind of like, I mean, I like the way Jack put it too when he talks about TPN. He's like, why would I stop? There's just tons of stuff to talk about. And that's kind of how I feel too. I was looking through manga and shit, and uh, Max Thrax, uh, he he posted something called like Vingard or whatever, which looks like anime vikings i was like okay i'll check this shit out and then i was looking at vagabond and gants and fucking just all sorts of different shit man i mean the the, the possibilities are just oh yeah gants is pretty tight uh durbin was i was talking to him about coming back on to do one punch man uh how long is that is that a long one i feel like that's one that we can kind of not have to go full into because I've seen a little bit of it and I'm yeah. like you get you know the gist oh I got the uh, I got the one that he did before that with the uh, like the telekinetic kid what's that one I forget what that one's called but he did one before One Punch Man with like a kid with psychic powers or something he could like make people's heads explode or something but uh that sounds anyway. like something. Oh, yeah. Know. What the fuck is that called? People are... This is part of the fun of the show is that at home you get to fill in all the things that we don't say. I heard that the other day. I can't remember what I was listening to, but somebody couldn't remember something. And I was like, oh, it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Or, or, or when like they're that. like, is know. this how you pronounce that? And the, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> That's one of the... Oh, speaking of pronunciation, when you were talking earlier, you were talking about Miike's catalog, and you said uh, Miike's overall thing, and when you said overall, I thought you were going to say oeuvre, and then I started thinking, like, is oeuvre and overall, do they come from the same Whoa. word? Because they kind of sound similar. Yeah, and they kind of mean the same thing, at least the way I say it. From now on, instead of saying oeuvre, we should just say overall. overall. Like... When I'm when I'm watching like Tarantino's overall, that kind of sounds cool. When I'm watching his overalls, <laughs> when I'm when I'm sneaking in them overalls, <laughs> we should get him on the show. What's his favorite anime? 
We could do it. Yeah, get him. Get what, him. What else Sandy is he Brown. doing? This is going to be the year. This is the year of big guests. This is one thing that I'm taking because we can jump around. I don't give a fuck. This is one thing that I'm taking from Rare Candy is uh, reaching out to big guests, right? Because they always seem to have like a legit science scientists on. That's the whole reason we went on for the Christmas episode. Yeah, to bring it's it because down. Because Glenn was like, we we need a palate cleanser. We we need to get some dummies in here to talk about some dumb shit. And you and me were like, when and where? When when do we got to be there? We'll be the We'll be the dumbasses on call. We were like, say no more, because I won't remember anything else. (laughs) That's it, bro. That's it. I won't remember. Bro, I don't even... Yeah, I don't remember anything. But but I want to get more, you know, big guests. We've been kind of, you know, going back and forth with some people and... uh, There's been, like, people who've dipped their toes in the agitator water, but, like... You know, Jack getting the White Lotus guy and going on Brett Easton Ellis and Glenn getting the, you know, T. Colin Campbell and the, the Dr. Dr. Latham dude. It's like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, it's difficult for us though because we're talking about Japanese people. That's our, that's our barrier. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I would love to get manga artists and, and, anime directors and film directors on but it's like but how many of them speak speak english or am i just legitimately gonna have to learn japanese yeah we gotta learn japanese and in the meantime get people like mike pond smith uh that'd be a that'd be a definite grab danny brown be Mm. the last of the rappers we ever the worst, to, the ever, worst yeah. demographic of people to try and schedule, and every every time you bring it up, like yeah, let's, let's lock it in. They're like radio silence. Like oh, commit to something. I said I wanted to. Come yeah, they don't on, like to do that. Meaning, I just wanted to come on. Except for you know who's always on time is uh, Luna. I think Bleachy was on time too. Wasn't Luna, he, he is showed a up fucking on time. Professional Bleach, yeah, and. You know, mm-hmm. Bleachy was up front about how um, how much lead time he kind of wanted or needed or whatever with the shit he had going mm-hmm. on. He was like, yeah, holler at me mm-hmm. in a few weeks. And so in like three or four weeks, I was like, hey, what's up? And he was like, yeah, I watched it. When do you want to do this? And we did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Luna is always on. To- you, you know that when you give Luna a time and a... A time to sh- to come on, he'll be there. That's because Luna's a pro, and uh, I don't know a lot of a lot of rappers like having that sort of like I need a I need management kind of attitude where they're like I'm just drifting <laughs> yeah. through all the parties and uh-huh. the, and the drugs uh-huh. and whatever, and I'm just doing my thing, and it's like um, yeah, okay, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck. Well, you better hope that you have good management then. Because, I mean, I think that management is so important for rappers. I mean, like, ASAP Rocky is a good example of this. Who's like, he's really talented. But he had the whole, he had Yams, you know, who was like doing all the scheduling and shit. So you got to have that guy in a rap crew. Because the, the boys aren't going to, the boys aren't going to pull it together. No, <laughs> no. Uh, who else? 
And Yams was the guy with the birthmark, right? He was the guy yeah, with the birthmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of, uh, yeah. was, wasn't he like a Eskimo or something? Something like that. <clears throat> Rest in peace to Yams. He looked like an Eskimo. But, uh, yeah, he had the build. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like Eskimo Joe. Like yeah. the t-shirt. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that was ASAP Rocky's man. It was Eskimo Joe, actually. It was the dog. It was the little Dalamud or whatever you call those things. Marma, Marmadukes? Man, Yamalukes? You know what I'm trying to yeah. say? Man, it came to me and then it, and then it disappeared. Yeah. Well, kids Malibu. always have a way of doing that to me, too. Malamute. Whenever Gus turns on a toy, it's like a mind eraser. It is. It's like, like, I just what, what was I, I just stared at the floor for a second and was like, my brain was empty. Malamute, though. That's the, that's that type of dog. I'm trying to think about what kind of dog we're going to get next. Because uh, Kahlua is going to probably pass away here in the next week or so. Because, like... Her back legs don't work that good. She's blind. You saw her when you were here. Like she's got dementia. Yeah. She just kind of stares at, at at walls and shit. And uh, the most recent development, and this is not the first time that she's done this, but back when she used to do it, it was because she had a skin condition. So, but she would like chew holes in herself. So now she's just walking around, and like her left leg is just this. It looks like something out of Connect. It's just like this gory mess. Because last night she got into it. Which I think is indicative of her hips being in pain because it's like right around that area, and dogs will chew at parts that hurt. I guess uh, I don't think it's her skin because I got her. Uh, I got her these pills that I, I don't know if they moisturize her skin or, but they're for dogs that have dry skin, basically, right? Uh, but anyway, man. I mean, I'm bummed about it, but like, I don't know. I go through phases. Today I was really bummed. I just kind of turned everything off and just hung out with the kid and just didn't really interact with shit because I was like, it sucks, you know? 15 years having a dog and then you gotta get it put down. And I wanted to shoot her, but Rios nixed that idea. She was like, you're not doing that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Women don't really get, get that. I don't know. I was, It's not like a money thing. It's not like a cost. It's not like a cost thing. It just feels like, I don't know, my responsibility in a way, you know. But I get it. We want to get her cremated and get the and all that kind of shit. But anyway, I'm trying to figure out because Gus really likes watching these, um, like these little Bichon Fries and Maltese dogs on Instagram. Like, if they run towards the camera, like, he thinks that's the funniest shit of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, we're, whenever we, uh, whenever we do get a dog. Okay. I'm just gonna kind of take the, take the boys to the panel and no, no. be like, who y'all fucking with? What's, your, what's the matter, dude? Oh, is he, is it changing time? Merry Christmas. Time for a diaper. Time for a diaper. You want some help? Here, I'll help you. Hi, come on. He hates getting... Did Rowan hate getting his diaper changed? Yes, he did. It was the worst. 
every single time this kid cries and kicks and it's like dude you always end up okay that that might mean <laughs> he'll not... do potty training good just like i hope so <laughs> It's okay. Oh, okay, well, you got poop, bro. There's nothing I can do about it. You can't just okay. walk around with poop on your butt. Don't touch me. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> Don't put this on the podcast. <laughs> just announcing my business to That was not a very substantial poop. I thought it would have been more. I gave him beans today. But oh man, Rowan's metabolism his re- his is, is ridiculous. He like yeah, he'll just okay. eat and go. I'm like, what are you? Like, <laughs> it just slides through. It's just like one. It's just one pipe. Like there's not even a finish his dinner and it's like I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. <sighs> He's slow motion walking towards me with this like arched eyebrow look in his eye and his fist raised. Yo, welcome to the motherfucking agitated podcast, people. If you don't like this shit, I got bad news for you. This is all we got. You don't like this shit, then go sign up at patreon.com slash agitator. <laughs> Where this kind of thing still happens. Where we but... actually give yeah. a shit a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I, you know, not to not to get too deep into the weeds with that kind of shit, but it is, it does kind of feel like, it feels like that you should make your uh, free product a little shittier than the Patreon product, and not the reverse, Right, it doesn't make sense to do the reverse. Yes, like to have like really pristine free episodes. All my B sides and bonus content is like, no, I'm not paying for your B side. Like, you pay for the primo, right? The the sauce, you pay for the sauce because we're dropping lots of uh, yeah, dropping lots of knowledge bombs. uh, We're sending lots of smoke. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, it's time. I mean, that's the, that's point two of the of the agitator, uh, like things I'm taking from other podcasts this year. Um, I was really inspired by uh, Jack's Madonna episode and Adam's just whole shit with safety propaganda and system of systems. And uh, I think it's time to amplify the aggression and the smoke a little bit, right? Because you and I went through a phase where we were like, remember it was like the um, we're the only writers kind mm-hmm. of thing, like the writing world doesn't exist. And, you know, so we're talking to Grant yesterday, which that episode will come out either concurrently with this one or the day after or something like that. I don't know. But uh, we're talking to Grant and Grant is like the most peaceful Zen motherfucker in the world. But he also listens to what you have to say. And what I discovered about myself and that I'm done running away from is that like I have genuine and I think legitimate contempt for these people. Oh yeah. You know? And uh, it's one of those things where a part of me wants to just, what you need? Oh, water. Oh, you want me to get the, uh, I can get the pack out of the car. 
Yeah, I can get the I can get the pack. Let me do that instead. I'm just gonna make him the bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll get it out in a little bit then. Um, cause a part of me is like, oh, you know, just let it go, just water under the bridge. But there's like anger there, you know. There's like unprocessed anger, and I think that that unprocessed anger just comes from the fact that like. Even when it was happening, my strategy was to not punch back, to just like let it all die down. And I think that I'll turn it over to you in a second to get your opinion on this. But in the moment, I think that that was probably that was probably an okay decision. But I find people in this industry just morally vapid there's nothing there you know what i mean like your you know your roxanne gays or your you know your sean cosby's or, or whoever right whoever is the, the the person who's getting the smoke at that particular moment it's like it's these people who everybody's like oh they're, but they're just really but they're really nice they're so nice they're always like, nice how is this yeah. guy I'm like how is this guy nice this guy like so like my story with him i did i know i didn't tell it on the z1 because i was too busy talking shit but uh my interaction with that dude only interaction was when he first kind of like hopped on the scene i saw a lot of his writing that uh, was not good and uh i was kind of on some you know trying to get some editing work type shit but i saw the shit and it was so bad i was like hey bro like if you ever need like a editor or somebody to work with like I'd be, I'd be happy to work with you. And he was like, oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, you know, like, that's our only... But then as soon as I, like, get piled on, he just piled on with everybody, like... But but he's nice? Yeah, yeah you see it comes what I'm out of the woodwork to jump on a stranger. You're completely out of... You're out of your element with that. He's a uh, big Lebowski. You're out of your yeah, element, yeah. Donnie. But it's like... But this whole idea of just like, oh, well, they're nice right and it's like well i think that roxanne gay is responsible for like a lot of shit that's wrong with the whole fucking world right now right like viewing art through a lens that it has to conform to a very i was about to say narrow but i don't think i could use the term narrow in (laughs) anything that she is walking in the direction of cannot be narrow yeah it cannot be narrow but like this very kind of strict I mean, even to this very day, man, I mean, like, you know, she'll review a movie like The Whale. I haven't seen The Whale. I'm not going to watch The Whale. doesn't look like my thing. But she's, like, mad because it doesn't portray the really fat guy played by Brendan Fraser as a saint or something. So, like, that view of art I, I, I find to be gross. And just the idea of, a, of like, a really wealthy person who has sort of built her platform off of like making sure that people never think that class exists and like having these kind of divides among regular working people uh i think it's i don't just think i don't think it's innocuous i think it's i think it's actively bad like i think that those people are the fucking enemy and i want to i want to bring a little bit more smoke yeah yeah i i kind of it hit me Two two times it hit me on two different occasions, like a light bulb moment. When we were talking about the sort of the fourth and fifth archetypes, which if people want to find out more, 
patreon.com slash agitator uh, agitator Z mm-hmm. episode 3 junket where we talk about the 4th mm-hmm. and 5th archetypes and how you know the hero having to take the high road or whatever or getting an out before taking down the the most evil villain where he'd have to reach down inside of himself or like he'd have to go harder than what a quote-unquote hero should have to go in order to take this evil down and that's kind of where like we shouldn't have a barrier from doing that in our Mm. in, in the circles that we exist in in like our pursuits we should not be like oh, i'm supposed to take the high ground why 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 would why would why? i take the why? high ground no i'm gonna win <clears throat> right right well i mean and we we will eventually win because it's a world this is this is what i want to like make really clear to people right because everybody always goes to the oh they're just bitter it's like no 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 we have we have divorced ourselves from that yeah there's nothing it's not bitterness because right? i don't want anything that they have i'm just saying yeah i don't want anything that they have y'all, y'all are getting mm-hmm. the smoke yeah you're getting the smoke because it's just like be, why because i gave 10 years of my life to it and i was stabbed in the back and i'm just gonna own it i am bitter about that Right, I'm gonna stand in my truth <laughs> when it comes to that shit. I'm, a, I am bitter that I gave ten years of my life to that shit, and like helped as many people as I could, and you know, everybody, you know, uh, when I was still in good graces would have agreed with me at that time. You know what I mean? And then just one, one, one or two minor ideological differences, and people. Not they, it's not that they just don't it's not that they just stop talking to you you know like some people did but like the actively going after me and I'm sorry man like fucking the S.A. Cosby was one of those people and I have a list like Arya Stark in my head of like three or four people who specifically went after me when they could have talked to me privately and those are my fucking enemies and it's just simple revenge plain and simple yeah. That's yeah. all I got. It's a uh, yeah, and how you brought up, you know, in the moment, like maybe that was the thing to do. Uh, kind of not really. I mean, it didn't. <laughs> you know, yeah. being quiet about it then didn't help your position. But it didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speak it didn't on that. Make anybody speak on that. You know, look at the inverse. Every time somebody's come at me recently. I air that. I throw that shit out in public. I'm like, oh hell no, no. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a bury you mm-hmm. right here and now mm-hmm. in front of God and everybody. And uh, when your bitch ass mm-hmm. tries deleting mm-hmm. all of your responses and backpedaling, I'm a screenshot all that shit and post it and keep it up for everybody to see. <laughs> um, including yeah. the DMs yeah. of yeah. your fake ass apologies, like everything. So like, no, these people need to be made examples of, put their heads on pikes, they're social climbers, and uh, we just gotta end that shit. Like that's not something you can do anymore, especially not to us. Right. It ain't gonna fucking happen. Right. Not somebody you can throw right. under the bus to look good, to look like, you know, the, the righteous, 
and not somebody you can go to toe, go toe to toe with for clout. No, no, because Kelby will just like say, I'll, "I'll kill you." You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dual. This is the duality of man right here. Is like being a dad. <laughs> What's that? Noise? And then also being like, but I, but I will bury you underneath the fucking hospital. What, what's that phrase? I'll bury you underneath the fucking Bob's Big Boy. What's how do they say that shit? Like I'll bury you under the Walmart. I don't remember. No, it's bury you under the courthouse. That's when that's when cops are like that's something cops say. You ever uh, heard that? No, I don't really fuck with twelve. Well. Most of my best friends are police officers, <laughs> and they <laughs> and they say they say that they say I will bury you under the courthouse. Um, but yeah, man, I you know I'm glad you said that, right? Because I do think that the person who I was like 10, 15 years ago would have been right there with you. And again, I you know I love my my friends who you know did their their home version of therapy on me right but like i got a lot of bad advice over the past 10 years and one of those pieces of advice was like you know any conflict like this like you like everybody it's one of those things like if you if you roll in the mud with pigs like you're gonna end up fucking the pig or something like that i think that's how that phrase goes but uh but like yo that's bad advice that is bad advice like these people should be attacked viciously right and under no circumstances should they be under the impression that that they have any any fucking leg to stand on you know what i mean like that's what i was talking about in that z episode i was like i'll fucking expose you bro i look like i will expose you if you want to go that route because all these like the thing about me dude is like (laughs) when you've been through as much shit because you talk as much shit as me at least you can't be like well david's two-faced you know what i mean because it's like no it's it's all out there i i said everything (laughs) you know what i mean so like the world knows how i feel about xyz but a lot of these people their continued clout chasing and fucking ladder climbing depends on uh you know alliances and and playing pretend and pretending to like people when you don't really like people and because i'm the way that i am a lot of these people go to me when they want to like air their shit out and i'll listen to them i'll be like yeah yeah fuck them whatever but like i don't know is it is is that petty is that petty is that a petty move to like air out it doesn't matter um like that's part of the psyop of keeping us i'm just looking at the evidence and for so long i've seen you especially and a lot more recently i've seen attempts come my way of trying to like keep us in a box and some other people that we know who should have their day out in the sun and everything they're like no you stay in your corner and that's part of the psyop is like you take the high ground you just no don't be petty don't this and that it's like it doesn't matter if it is petty is it petty i don't know me contemplating whether or not it's petty is keeping me from coming down on your ass Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is what I should be doing. There's not there's not a chapter in Sun Tzu's Art of War that's like uh, petty or not. Like that that's not a chapter. That's not yeah, a chapter. Yeah, make sure you War. make sure you don't be petty. Right. Make sure you don't be petty. And it's like something that Adam said. Adam, I forget who he was talking about on our Agitator Z episode. But he said something to the like we, he was ranting about somebody and he said like you know these people are morally bankrupt and they don't have a leg to stand on so fuck them and like something clicked in my brain I was like oh right right yeah you are right like what am I what am I doing you know what I mean like what am I uh, holding back on these people for right I think the whole thing is to just like you know to not not i'm not going to become like a reply guy who like goes after people you know um no, but yeah that's just i feel like waste you time. you and i you and i have you and i have built a paywalled arena okay that's the thing we have a paywalled arena and if you step into that paywalled arena and then you want to say something you want to take something out of that right you came into our house right <laughs> <laughs> it's like going over to somebody's for christmas dinner and then going to the internet and being like guess what my dad said it's like bitch you were in his house he's allowed to say whatever the fuck he wants yeah yeah that's right we made our own empire this is our house so we can say whatever the fuck we want and it's like yeah and these and these people don't have like they haven't held back at all there's been no attempts at making any kind of amends with me at all like just even like an email or something like and i've heard secondhand through friends that some of them are like oh yeah well i guess i was a little bit too hard on david but you know but he just he just says these things that are so inappropriate and blah 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 and uh i haven't seen any of that shit like they they think they left my body like floating in the river dead but they didn't see when I washed up on the bank and a fucking shoeless peasant child saved my life. You know what I mean? But like... <laughs> Whatever, you know I had some fresh kicks on. Yeah, hell yeah, let's go. But yeah, man, uh, so I'm glad that we talked about that because like from now on, Agitator and Broken River is just like, it's a no bullshit. Like, if you want it... You can get it. You can get it. That's totally fine, right? And we can we can fight about whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but I want to just extend to people that like if you want to fight with me in private, that door is open as well, right? I will I love fighting in in private, right? Cuz you can just say whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? Like there's no audience. Like the door is always open to open a dialogue through email, through phone call. A lot of these motherfuckers who turned on me, they had my phone number. Like, I'd literally talked to them not a few months prior. <clears throat> so, my number's the same. My phone number hasn't changed. So, call, and I'll answer. Have I ever missed a phone call from you? No. No, not that you didn't. I don't miss, I don't, I don't. return. I, uh. I don't, I don't miss phone calls. I pick up the phone. I'm not, a, I'm not one of these millennials who's too scared to answer the phone. Like we can, we can oh, talk. Oh, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm scared of human I'm interaction. Fucking, I'm neuro, I'm neurodivergent. <laughs> fake. Um, fake. Fake. Made up. Uh, 
it is a it is a fake word for sure. So those are the first two points. Uh, bigger guests, less tolerance for bullshit. Oh, and I, I and um, I can't make the same promise. Like, don't don't be thinking that you know people listening. Don't be thinking that everything is just unanimous doctrine here. Like, if you, I like fighting in public, and I I feel like I'm kind of on mm-hmm. a crusade. Whenever I get the opportunity. Cause I don't got time to be on a crusade about anything. I got my own shit I'm working on, but mm-hmm. whenever I get the opportunity, I like making examples of you mm-hmm. people. That's mm-hmm. why I don't accept mm-hmm. your apologies. Oh, oh, don't, 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 uh, don't mistake what I'm saying. Like I'll, I'll do it in public too. I'm just leaving the option open, right? Uh, mostly because what I'm saying is that I like the, how you and I are talking right now. I prefer that as a mode of communication and argumentation. Mm -hmm. But whatever's fine. Whatever's fine. Um, But so those are the first two. More smoke, bigger guests. And shit, you know what? We got so off track. We didn't even talk about the moments from Connect that we really like. So what are some moments that you like? Episode four. That was like a perfect... Mm. Uh, that was the most perfect part of the whole series whenever it's this back and forth interrogation thing because on one hand you have uh, Daijin what was his name? Oh, uh, Do- Dong Su? You've got Dong Su uh, being interrogated by the cops and he's telling them you know I'm a uh, <clears throat> I'm a monster or whatever he's like telling them the whole truth mm-hmm. of the story and then and then showing the cop like you know the one who's like okay everybody leave the room so I can talk to him uh, he's showing him how that shit actually works and then uh right and then on the flip side you've got the serial killer um corpse sculptor torturing the surgeon for information about everything going on, you know? So it was like this double interrog... I mean, not, not crazy tense. What? 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 Do you read books? Yeah, we do. We read books. We don't read books. We don't read books? Yeah. What do we do? I knew it. Fucking exposed, bro. Aired out. We can read books. Live in, in 4K. Okay. Caught him 4K, caught him 4K. This fool don't read. He likes to he likes to do revisionist history and then make everything his idea. So he he was like, we don't read books. Uh, so when I said we don't, he said, yeah, we'll read books. Oh, okay. So now he's he's going and grabbing Man. a Madeline. He just grabbed a Madeline. Dude, Madeline is a great series. Those books are good. I got, I got nothing bad to say about Madeline or Ramona or any of those other girl books, you know? Like, I got... Uh, Gus's library is just ballooning right now, like, because we keep buying him books. He likes to read. He likes to, like, look at pictures. We got, like... I think we have every book in the Spot series right now. Every Spot Spot is good. Yeah, Spot's good. We even got the, we even got the Spot train book that's shaped like a train. Um... Which, by the way, uh, Bullet Train, very good. If you're not subscribed to Agitator Z, 
I don't know if I talked about it on that. Again, I can't remember anything. I literally can't remember. Um, I still need to send you the episode, don't I? Yeah, yeah, you still gotta send the episode. I, I've, I'll send it to you right after Shit. we get done talking. I fucking that episode. Uh, I literally just I like just drop tomorrow. I'm ready to bank off of it. Yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. one of the things. Is like as soon as we started making money at this, at the Substack, at you know, all the all the books that are dropping next year, which are just gonna gonna catch because you can see it. You can you can just feel the hype rising and all of the like yep. the nets are being yep. cast in different waters. That's another thing too, is like agitators it's not like oh, they don't give a shit anymore, so they're just gonna like say wild shit and, and send shots at whoever they want. It's like, well yes, um, but also we're the most talented and smartest people I know and uh Mm-hmm. I mean, we're spilling the yeah. sauce in real time. As we go up, it's yeah. like a live documentation of what and how. So, mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. shred of creativity themselves, come along for the ride. I want, I want to yeah. exist in a world full of great, inspired art. Like, yes. I want yes. to revive culture. I don't even need credit for it. So if the people just follow an agitator along, mm-hmm. who are of bigger means than we are, make more shit happen. Like just you know, I want it to spread Burn out. It. It. I see all you people catching on to the cyberpunk shit too, and it's fine. You don't have to bring up the agitator podcast, but I see I see the people who have been like, oh, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's actually pretty it's cool. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, I think cyberpunk might be the next wave. Really? <laughs> Where'd you hear What's that? Email address. You, like, what? Oh, you are signed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That you would think the cyberpunk is. Yeah. <laughs> I love just I, uh... the people who pay us too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's like, no, nobody from the Patreon's no, done it, no, as far as no, I know. No. <clears throat> um. But uh, no, I'm with you. And I think that a crucial mistake that people in the past have made when they go on uh, like the warpath with shit like this is like, what was that cat's name, that Cuban dude who was like, he did that interview with, El, uh, not El Nash, uh, uh, Elizabeth Ellen. Oh, uh, uh, Alex. What, what was that fool's Alex name? Jones. Uh, Alex, yeah, Alex Jones. When she did that interview with Alex yeah. Jones. And, you know, and he's all talking about, like, yeah, I got an MFA, and they're all fucking pussies, and blah, blah, like, which, by the way, I mean, spot the lie, I don't see one, but, like, when he was doing that interview, the thing, the thing that people always fuck up with when they go on the warpath like this is that they're fighting an establishment, right? Like, they're, they're not fighting, but they're, like, they're being a nuisance to an establishment, that they want to be a part of. Yeah. That's what's always trip trip me out about that shit. It's like, so you're going to walk into a McDonald's, put your wiener on the fucking counter and say, "You see this bitch? Hire me right now. Put me on the fucking line. I'm ready to go." <laughs> like and it's like what like how that's not how that works. If you want to get hired at McDonald's, you put in an application like a normal human being. 
and they will hire you because McDonald's is fucking hurting for employees right now. But like, you put in an application, you kiss the boss's ass, you move up the like the people who I have so much contempt for. Uh, to be fair, they are they are doing it the way you're supposed to do it, right? Like you're supposed to, you know. So you go into work first day, you you talk to your boss, you talk to your coworkers, you you get friendly with the coworkers. You find out what your boss is like, and you just kind of like mold yourself to however that boss is, right? Like, if that boss is serious and no nonsense, then you adopt that personality trait. If they're more aloof, then you joke around with them, whatever. But like, and that's how you kind of move up the ranks of of a job, which is what the writing world is. Okay, like it's not it's not to, there's no artistic merit to this kind of shit, right? I'm not spilling any sauce with that. We all know that's been the case for a long time, right? Like, it's, they are there to sell books, and they're run by libtards, and they're going to, you know, do whatever they... Basically, like, <laughs> every publishing house, like, makes their millions off of, like, David Goggins and Donald Trump and Jocko Willink and Atomic Habits and shit like that. And then, and then after that, it's, like, a make-work job for libtard women to put out books that make them seem more woke at their cocktail parties with other yeah it's all servicing that, that's, that's what publishing image. is it's protecting their image while raking in the dough so you can't of, see where they actually yeah. make the, they actually make the money from the conservative it's like a fucking like it's like a social image laundering instead of a money laundering because it's it's mm-hmm. all from books mm-hmm. you know it's not like they're laundering drug money or whatever but they're laundering right their ethics right 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 the best example of this uh, which like god bless miriam gerba when she went after american dirt you remember that yeah and she was like what's this fucking white chick doing like they had a party bro like these publishing people had a party where the centerpieces for their tables were like made out of barbed wire to be like a border crossing it was the most perverse, fucked up shit I've ever seen in my life. But like, that's that's who these people are, okay? Right? Like, they're not they're not thinking real deep about this shit. It's very surface level. It's very like, wow, a book about the migrant experience written by a white person. Who, <laughs> which, by the way, here at Agitator, we're fine with that. Yeah, yeah. That's totally but like, fine. but like, but what we're not fine, what we're not fine with is like the tastelessness of of the gestures involved in that book and the tastelessness of that book. And the pretending in general, that it's you know what I mean? Something that there's any kind of like social yeah. justice merit to it, and then it's like, bitch, you don't, you don't want the actual, you don't want an actual Mexican man or woman to write that book because it would be a fucking problem for you. Because they're not going to share your politics. <laughs> they're straight up not. So you got to find the liberal white woman to write that book. you got to get, you know, the woman who did Where the Crawdad Sings. That's one of my favorite stories that, like, what was it allegedly that she was, like, her husband and son were, like, torturing and killing poachers yeah, or whatever. which is um, tight. It's, like, it is kind of tight. I ain't going to lie. But, like... But you have to get, like, the liberal white woman take on whatever it is that you're talking about. So American Dirt can't be written by, like, you can't go find the journals of a legit person who's been trafficked over the over the border. You know what I mean? Because, like, even though that would be raw and real, 
Like that person probably says uh, Mexican slurs, you know. <laughs> so we don't we don't actually want that, right? We want the we want the fucking the sanitized version of that shit. Anyway, my point, long way around the barn, but like my point is that if you're trying to make it in that industry, you need to know one thing. I'm gonna put you on game. Your bosses are liberal white women, and all the politics that go along with that. All the shifting minute-to-minute Twitter bullshit of now you have to care about Ukraine, now you you know, you know, don't wear masks, you wear masks, you don't want a vaccine, you do want a vaccine, depending on who's the president. Uh, you know, This is good, this is bad. Yes, Slay Queen, Beyonce, AOC, Hillary Clinton, let's go. Like, Adopt that shit. If you want to make it, just adopt that shit and go with it, because that's where it's at. But Agitator and Broken River, we're outside, baby. We're outside. And we don't fuck with anything. Like we, we're not even right wing. We're not even conservative. Like they don't even like us. We're just, we just have an audience of normal people, who are like, oh, thank God, people who just <laughs> in a little <laughs> who like that. Real a little shit. war free sauce is like we can, we aim, we stand to make more. We've got the freedom. Yep. It's not just like I've got nothing yep. to lose. It's like. No, we, we just have the self-earned freedom and can make more money. There ain't no mm-hmm. fucking money in publishing. Mm-hmm. We just no, said we they make friends, money bro. off of Trump and the Kardashians. You might get a $7,500 advance for a book right. that, let's say, it ends up selling 9,000 copies. These are real numbers from somebody I know who I'm not going to name. But that's like, do the simple math. You were mm-hmm. paid out less than eight grand, like over three years, for a book that mm-hmm. you could have made like $45,000 off of putting out yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So come on. And they're like, oh, but they, but they have, uh, they have apparatuses to, you know, they get it in bookstores and they, Dude, Who cares? it's all, I mean, maybe, maybe, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes that actually does happen. I, I'm not going to say it never happens, but sometimes. It's a crapshoot, bro. It's a crapshoot. They'll toss you 5,000 bucks for a book that you took two years to write, which, by the Stop way, taking two years big L to on that one. Books. Big L, huge yeah. L, huge L. That's your problem. Um, that's your problem. But like, you, so you took two years, they pay you 5,000 bucks. The book sells decently well. 9,000 copies is great. You come out with your ne- next book and fucking you're struggling to get people to take it. Like people, they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't know if this fits in with what we want to. Like for a while there, my favorite example and what was sort of the major. Uh, I don't know if it's like nail in the coffin because I've always been like anti-agent. I've never understood that, right? Like anytime a friend of mine is like, oh, I got an agent. I'm like, oh, it's fucking stupid. Don't yeah, do that. they seem like um, the people who make it harder for you to, we have to go through fucking agents to try and get some people on the show, which would just only like amplify their audience and their agents are like, I don't mm-hmm. want to text back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, so I've seen people go through this, but the big thing, the big thing that got me was that for a while their FSG Originals was actually 
<clears throat> so my case study, and I'm, I'm not going to slander you or because this is my friend, uh, but congratulations, you're on Agitator now. But Jeff Jackson, right? One of my favorite yeah, writers. Yeah, um, yeah, Miracapura, top five of Mir- all time. Mir- top five of all time, bro. I mean, like, $2 radio, side note, was like fucking putting out banger after banger for a while there. Orange Eats Creeps, Miracapura, Crapalacha, like, they were they were hitting. Um, anyway, Jeff gets uh, his FSG deal. It's... Uh, what was the name of that book? How Destroy All it. Monsters. Destroy All Monsters. Great title. Great concept for a book, right? It's a book that has an A side and a B side. So you read the A side, and it follows these like punk rock kids. It's like got kind of an apocalyptic feel. Uh, there was an episode of the JDO show, one of the highest uh, listened to ones, actually, that I talked to. That was like the last JDO show. The, the last official JDO show that I did was with Jeff over that book. And um, so maybe we'll throw it up on the Patreon or something. But uh, the A side is brilliant, but the B side is amazing because it takes all the characters from the A side and it literally just remixes the book. Like it just has different kind of shit happen with the book. Uh, And you have to flip the book over to read the B side, which has its own cover. Anyway, brilliant concept for a book, brilliantly written because... <clears throat> you know Jeff's yeah, a genius. Yeah. Didn't 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 sell didn't sell the way it wanted to. The editor who who acquired his book and several others that were also brilliant but didn't sell. That person gets fired, and I was just like, oh. So what's the fucking point then? Like that to me was the final straw where I was like, if this book, which is brilliant, like it doesn't get the proper funding, they don't know how to sell it, which like, bro, I could sell that book easy uh and then you know it comes out and it doesn't do what it's supposed to because they fucked it all up and i know that jeff spent a long time on that i know that you know the publishing process sucks and i don't know like i'm not speaking for him he hasn't told me that he you know regrets anything or whatever but like from me from a third party perspective i look at that and i'm like what's the fucking point I mean, you could become Stephen Graham Jones, the GOAT, and just succeed. You could do that. I think probably, like, L will do that. My, my predictions for writers who are going to do really well is, like, L Nash. I think Kyle Seibel is going to do really well. Uh, and if but, you like, everybody hear else. Patreon.com slash <laughs> Yeah, if you want to hear why Kyle Seibel is going to do so well. I think I got the sauce on that, too. But, uh... He's not sucking dick or anything. It's just, you know, it's simpler than or that. Or is he? But, um, or <laughs> he's always in salesman mode. He's like, but maybe he Find is. out for $5. Um, find out for $5. But, uh, but anyway, I just, I saw that happen, and I saw a lot of other writers go through this process of, like, it being from acquisition to publishing, like, two or three years, and then nothing happens, and I'm like, it, listener, does that make sense to you? Does that make sense as like a way to do things? It makes sense for the people it worked out for. But the people who it worked out for, it worked out for reasons that I, I personally think were outside of like the publishing sphere, right? Like something happened, something hit, 
they you know they talked to a they got a movie made or or whatever right but like I, I don't know bro I don't know I just don't think that like personally I, I think it's great what Steven's doing and like I think that his books have consistently been amazing but my hot take on all that is I, I think he probably could have just done that himself Honestly, oh yeah like I, I think he yeah 100 probably... can you imagine a world where Stephen Graham Jones learned like in design because he's also smart with the computer shit like he's one of these like genuinely blessed artists like just natural he was gonna be a farmer genius he's a he's, he's a fucking genius you know it's like he wasn't gonna be a writer he was gonna be a farmer and instead he's one of the greatest storytellers of our time and he's good at coding and shit like that if he had just you know kind of fucked around in the self-publishing pool a little bit we we'd have like 13 jones books a year yeah what a world that would be and by the way i i embrace stephen graham jones supremacy uh where it's like if there were 13 books then that would be a solid third of the books that i read that year i'd just be reading yeah them. i've read because the year's why, not over yet why why read other i've people's? read almost 70 books <laughs> this year so yeah easily i'd, I'd put in 13 of, of stevens so there's i don't even remember how we got on this topic but like oh right because i was i was spilling sauce about like like if you basically long story short so we can move on but if you want to be a part of publishing, understand its rules and adopt them, <clears throat> become that creature, and just realize that you're still taking a gamble. You're taking just as much of a gamble as we are. Uh, in fact, I think that you and you and I and the Broken River Collective crew, like I think we actually have less of a gamble going on um, because it is organic, it's slower, and I trust things that are slower that like where we find people one at a time and just gradually sort of collect them i think that that method of audience accumulation that organic shit has been left by the wayside because of social media and the perceived ease with which you can gain a following which by the way now that twitter has views you know that's just yeah. bullshit, right? No, I'm actually Linda, that's like, real. I love the views. I was like, I know, love the views, bro. Shit? I'm with you. And also, I mean, still, mm-hmm. who, who gives a shit? But at the same time, I see it, and I'm like, that's all I need. I don't give a fuck. You don't have to like, yeah. oh, here's your little, I, here's I know, your heart. I know you saw whatever. it. I know you saw I it, bitch. I know you saw what I said. Mm-hmm. Now I can also mm-hmm. post and clean up my shit. I can be like, okay, 500, mm-hmm. 700, 1,000 people saw it. Okay, I can delete it now. Yeah, that's what I did this morning when I did that post about like, hey, this motherfucker cheats on his wife or whatever. I was like, I saw the views on that. I was like, mission accomplished. It's been yeah. seen. It can, it, can, it can be pruned. Because I, I think a Twitter, uh, like the feed... I just I feel like I, th- I think about it in terms of pruning it like a bush or something so like I will definitely delete like tweets that uh, like didn't catch and all this kind of stuff you know because like I think of it as like when I when somebody goes to my profile I just want them to see the bangers so like <clears throat> but also if I say something spicy at the same time I'm like 
now that I can see that y'all saw that shit, because that tweet it was just there to just, that's like a dick on the table, just like let's fucking go, tweet. But that doesn't that doesn't have to like just be there all the time, you know. It's just like hey, chill out, chill out, y'all. <laughs> I got my fix. I got I, I had woke up. I had to like text and shit. Like who who are you talking about? I was like oh nobody, nobody. Don't worry about it. I'm not talking about anybody. What? Why are you Don't worry nervous? about it. How, how many of that tweet? How many of you are cheating on bro, your wife? Bro, Why are you nervous? That's, <laughs> bro, when 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 I was like chuckling to myself and writing that tweet last night, that was exactly my intention with that, right? Because I, by the way, I do have a, a real person in mind. There is somebody who I'm thinking of, but like, if I just make this shit vague, if I like kind of vague post about it or whatever. Every motherfucker who's been cheating on their wife is gonna look at that and be like, "How did he? How does he know? Why is he mad at me? What did I do?" Because if I see that tweet or if you see that tweet, you're like, "Well, it's not me." So, all right, you know, that's fine. So it's 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 really kind of like angelic punishment in a way. It's like, are, are your are your demons talking to you, son? Do you do you feel bad about something you might have done? I've been there. I've been there but it's best to just come clean <laughs> <laughs> on that uh best to just confess on that organic to to like back to the you know brian called earlier and he's you know doing some experiments that he was he was texting the both of us about uh but he, he called because he's on his way down to houston uh so we're gonna link up but he got into doing these little you know social experiments because that essay that i wrote about the ghost audience and i'm a drill like i'm a this will be an ongoing for as long as it takes for y'all to get this the numbers don't mean shit it's like algebra it's all theoretical (laughs) like the only math that matters is business the only math that matters is your bank account like Mm -hmm. And the only influence that matters is the actual, like, are you making good art and putting it out there? Are people engaging with it? Yep. That's it. <clears throat> so, like, I, I mean, there's just so many different breakdowns you can you can throw down. I've sold off of hurricane season, which is still in high demand of people being like, where do I get this one? And it's like, that was sold out. It was 200 copies. Uh, that's it. And it's like, I, I made more than some people's advances, professional advances off of that. And it was 200 copies. You did. And a lot of people would be like, man, mm-hmm. you should, you could have printed more, or you shouldn't have been limited, or this or that. It's like, I moved on and I'm writing more shit. I'm not banking off of that book. Also, I already made more than you did selling to whoever the fuck, at FSG, HarperCollins, whatever. Like, so... The prestige don't matter fame don't mean shit it doesn't really translate into anything uh no a lot of opportunities happen by circumstance i am realizing that we're i don't know what man the toys thing is going there's some Mm -hmm. kind of train Mm -hmm. going on but anyway um so at at you know agitator overall has crept up closer and closer to 100,000 downloads and that doesn't really translate to a whole lot 
of tangible it doesn't matter or anything no, it doesn't matter whereas like look at no my I'm... like the most like potential deals of things i've had on the table have been for the my book that sells the least just by circumstance like the way we came in is my most like seen book in terms of like who has eyes on it <clears throat> and it, it it sold the least of everything I had out. Yeah. Yeah. My whole thing with the Patreon is like, bro, we get to three, four, five thousand patrons. It doesn't matter, because guess what, bitch? I'm making more money than you now, off this shit. Yeah. Like nothing else really matters. It's like it's like well nobody knows who you are. You're not on Barack Obama's list. It's like I don't need to be on Barack Obama's list. I have a podcast where I talk shit, and I make. I'm I'm at that point I would be upper middle class, off a podcast where I talk shit. Do you think I give a fuck about like the prestige? Do I want readers? Of course, every writer wants readers. If they say that they don't, they're fucking lying. Because we don't make shit to just exist in a vacuum where nobody sees it. Of course I want people to read the books. <clears throat> but I also want to get my wife home from her job and be able to provide. Because I'm, I'm old school, bro. I'm old school with like the man shit, you know? I just feel like a man should provide, you know? And it's she's a trooper. She goes into that bullshit job every day, and, you know, I set my shit up five or six years ago to kind of just, like, do freelance stuff, and I live a much more, uh, well, I was gonna say free, but I take care of a kid all day, so I'm kind of like a nanny, well, I'm a dad, right? (laughs) There's already a word for that. I don't have to do a metaphor. Um, But I'm, like, an actual dad who's, like, actually, you know. Picture a woman who takes care of a kid but has a penis. (laughs) Uh, but has a penis and that's me and that is me so I do that I make my money I pay uh, almost all the bills off of my freelance shit like Rios orders a bunch of shit off Amazon (laughs) like as we mentioned as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode but like if I can get my money up to the point where I can pay the bills and supply her with an Amazon budget then we're good um so like that's really that's my goal and i never really like had it in me to be like you know bill gates wealthy or elon musk wealthy or stephen king famous or fucking even like chuck polonick famous like it's just it's not it's not in me it's like i want uh i have a very set idea of how much money i need in a year that number right now is $100,000 a year to have freedom for myself and my family because I'm not leaving them behind. I'm not going to do this shit anymore where it's like, well, I don't have to do very much because I have this this business that is low effort and high yield, right? Like, it's not fair to her, right? I got to take care of her. And thus the Patreon. <laughs> That's it. That's the moral of the story. That's the moral of the story. I don't give a fuck about anything. I I could go my whole life without doing a signing or a, you know, 
a Reddit AMA or a, you know being on a arbitrary list. Although if I ever do get on a list, like see that's the thing, like a lot of the shit that we talk, it's not that like I wouldn't hype it up if I saw it. It's just like it's not the goal, you know. I've always been very sketched out by people whose goal it was to like I'm going to be a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, yeah, okay. when you when you see people who are like um I've even seen New York Times bestseller numbers and I've sold more than some of them too. So like the prestige y'all are after is a it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors and if that's what you want to do, God bless. Uh I gave you the sauce on that though, so I literally gave you the game plan. Like if you if you wanna succeed at that. Just become a retarded uh liberal woman and you're good. You're good. You're in. You're in. Uh, things I liked about Connect. I liked all the Miike isms that we saw come through. I like when the the cop gets stabbed through the chin by the serial killer, and you can see his tongue impaled on the blade. Mm. I felt like that was a nice Miike touch. Uh, I liked episode six. To me, was my favorite episode because that's like when the gore starts up. I like that big hulking. I like Gideon. Yeah, Gideon. The, the big. It started. It was reminding me of Fudo a little bit on episode six. Yeah. It's like all yeah, the Miike like characters. He's like the Hawaiian out. dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like the Hawaiian cat from Fudo, who's got the mask and shit, and like is just big as fuck. Like Miike is really good at. Um, I think the sound design on that character and just how how big they made him look was intimidating. I like that he. Uh, ripped the the homosexual Yakuza's head off. I thought that was really cool. Um, I liked I liked the pacing of it outside of the the flashbacks. I liked the fact that it was kind of a slower show. I could you ever like watch something and you can see what like regular ass people are gonna have a problem with. You're like, oh, they ain't gonna like that. But like the pacing, I think of Connect was something that I really dug that I could see being a problem because there's no snappy dialogue it's all very slow I love the shaman cop whose nose bleeds yeah anytime he was, gets a clue I, I thought that character was great I thought that actor was fantastic I loved the opening murders that the serial killer does on the roof of that building um, where he I love the shot of him throwing the guy off and the way that the building is designed it's got this kind of sloped uh, glass sunroof kind of thing and i love that the guy like hits that sunroof and like you see that impact and then he bounces off of it and splats on the concrete <clears throat> Mike comes out hard with the gore and then the gore turns down a little bit for the rest of the show and then it comes back in episode six but i love the gore i love the small teeth on that one henchman i thought that was like the fact that like Mike as a homosexual i think he's a homosexual but like as a homosexual he always makes his villains uh gay as fuck (laughs) is really funny to me um because i think that like that's where you see the most him come out right like all the little all the personality the fact that the gay guy like gets his head ripped off and then like waves goodbye i just feel like that was that was that that's where he puts the most personality into his characters you know the rest of them are just they're straights you could almost see like if uh, you know jack or zach made a movie like all the straights would be like these kind of gray soulless characters and then the homos would come in and they'd 
bring all the color and fun and Mike does that too, yeah. right? Yeah. Whenever there's like a a sexually ambiguous like Kakihara is his most iconic character. And that fool's like he's beyond straight or gay, but definitely he's what the kids would call queer. He's a queer icon. <laughs> he definitely is um, a queer icon. Uh, I liked the kind of teen but, romance God. vibe of of Dong Su and the chick who keeps cutting him and going, "Wow, you uh, you can regenerate. Mm. Let me push you off a building." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, who that chick's American, by the way? Is she? Yeah, yeah. Victoria Grace is her name. She's a uh, obviously Korean American, but American nonetheless. Huh. Yeah, uh, she was she was pretty good. Uh, I liked their little sort of first kiss esque scene mm-hmm. where they cut themselves and then have their like little tendrils connect to each other. Yeah, I love that whole sequence. I love that theater. I love the low ceilings on that theater. It made it feel very dreamlike to yeah. me. I felt like when they went into that movie theater all the audition references are amazing right the first uh episode has a trash bag that moves Mm -hmm. and uh like like a literally a hand like a fucked up hand comes out of it um and then in that theater it's the theater showing audition uh which i thought was cute wait was it and uh i I feel like noticed that yeah the yeah yeah the uh the 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 bills like the the tickets Uh on the wall it was for (laughs) it was like it's like now showing audition um but uh i love that when you walk into that theater it's almost like you can smell the cigarettes in it you know what i mean like it's this low ceilinged theater that's designed so brilliantly and it was such a great place for the psychedelic the big eyeball the big corny cgi Mm -hmm. eyeball that Mm -hmm. comes out uh, I was just like, this is peak Mike. The series does have peak Mike. It, in yeah, it, yeah, right? it does. It's, but uh, so six was my favorite, but four, I'm with you on four being like kind of tied, right? Because like five is another, uh, well, I guess it's a connector episode, right? Where like you just have to kind of set everything up and, but like, Anytime that Miike is given a set piece, my man can do set pieces. And that theater was a brilliant choice of location. Uh, the psychedelic shit was on point. The whole gang was like freaky and weird. Uh, I loved when he, uh, when our hero has to get out. He has a lot of shit where he has to get out of handcuffs, but because he can regenerate and like reconnect his his limbs. He'll just cut his shit off. I love when he went to the buzz saw, uh, like the table that, saw. Yeah, you know? that was awesome. And, Where he was, and was like gore, gore's just fucking flying out and shit. And he, he's like, Wah! and then he he gets out of the hand. And then whenever he, in episode six, he just flexes his way out of the handcuffs by like ripping both of his hands off. I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. And as somebody who works with power tools, like. I appreciated how I always love when something is actually not not in the way that like some people you know they they put a damper on things because they're like that's not realistic and it's like well okay but like we wanted it to happen so it, mm-hmm. it happened that way in the show get over it but 
with power tools and shit like that I've always I love when it is done realistically because there's so much obviously there's so much you can do with power tools to fuck somebody up so to get it right is mm-hmm. like and I was I was being critical I was like on I was like on critic mode when he was going up to that table saw and uh he was str- the way he was struggling with it and with that because that saw is made to cut wood not chains but so it's like shooting sparks and he's like trying to dig onto it like you know really shoving his body weight into it to get it to cut the chains off and when it does it's like eating up his hands at the same time i was like oh yeah and his back and too his, yeah. yeah it's like digging into like, his hell back yes hell yes <clears throat> mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah i thought that uh so this this show where uh our hero loses his eye to a serial killer and goes and finds him it all ends on a cliffhanger so there there might be a season two uh he doesn't kill the serial killer at the end because he the cop comes in and says if you kill him then you will be a murderer too and i will have to arrest you i was like oh okay and then uh in the warehouse where you know this guy this corpse art that's the that's one thing we didn't mention is that the serial killer is like a corpse artist who um does like hannibal lecter or that show hannibal Mm -hmm. i guess like style like he he makes he makes them into art or whatever uh which i thought was a great image the first corpse art body that you see like everybody's gathered around it they're like oh it's so beautiful it's like this woman who's kind of a tree and you know she kind of looks like that. Uh, what's that sculpture where the Virgin Mary is like nutting while she's holding Jesus or something? Uh, uh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. They were uh... the not the Pieta. Is it the Pieta? I don't know. Um, I don't know art, but you you know yeah. the one I'm talking about where she's all like, "Oh, I'm busting." Um, it kind of looked like that, and then like blood comes out of its eye, and like the first thing you see though is like blood dripping out of the fingernail. I thought that was a nice, like, like a nice detail. That that's the first part that we were like, oh fuck, the statue's fucking bleeding, bro. But when you go to like his warehouse where he's making the corpse art and shit, you know, the final showdown is a series of, you know, encounters that I thought it was pretty well directed action. Actually, I, I thought it was well done. Um, and then they go out on the roof and like these fucking Black Hawk helicopters show up. And the chick is like, oh, they're fucking, they're here. Who's that? There's a bunch of connects out there. There's like, it's a whole extended universe that we don't get to see. But I, uh, I appreciated that too. Fuck yeah, leave it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the balls too, to not even be like, we're going to leave the possibility that might speak to Mike's workman sensibility too, of just being like, "Fuck it, y'all are either gonna pay me for another season, or I'm gonna have everyone pissed who watches this." Yeah. Or just give it to somebody else. He probably doesn't give probably a fuck. Probably not. Like, He's if like, like, if you if you want to hire another director, that's honestly fine. probably that's fine. That too. feels like an Eddie troll. I'm like, I think Eddie is the most mm. gay of all of us in the Broken River Collective. Because he'd like be that. like, this would be funny. And then if he gets the job, next, like if he's the one to write the next thing or not, he wouldn't really give a fuck. He'd just be working on whatever. No. 
Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. I also think that uh, I'm going to try to out Eddie Eddie at some point, but I got a lot of work to do because that motherfucker has been toiling for years. <clears throat> so, but it's good to have friends who you actually look up to and want to be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, man, that... I think I think Miike is so workmanlike that he's just like, if they offered him season two, he'd be like, okay, cool, yeah, and if they didn't, he'd be like, all right, yeah, that's also fine. Like, what do you you want me to direct more, fucking girl group music videos? I can do that too. It's fine. I just like doing my thing. Which uh oh okay so updates to the manifesto. I gave a couple. What did you take away from Connect in terms of updating the Agitator manifesto? I'm trying to think if it's an update or just a... Because, like, accept the whole... Like, embrace the homework assignment. I guess that's different than just, like, just be consistent. Like, we already had consistency in the book where it's, like... Mm-hmm. you keep the on to the next one has been the mantra for a while now between Mike and Jay-Z but it's like accept the homework assignment I like that like this is what you're gonna do like and th- this is actually this actually falls in with something that I've been uh dealing with like adopting in real time before even coming to you know before even articulating this update to the manifesto has been like I'm not an essayist I express myself in abstract vibes like the things that I want to say they're not even political it's not like I gotta make it very like it's not blatant it's more like you get it out by having an armless protagonist who goes hunting with his dad on his back. Like it's it's not like I, I express in these abstract ideas and story. So I'm not really like an essayist, but with these essays that I have been dropping lately, that's kind of where I'm getting at with the homework assignment is like just uh, no, nah, you just you just gotta do it. It's like there's no, there's no. Oh, I don't do that. It's like uh, you do actually if that's the thing you gotta do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> with the embracing the homework assignment, I, I think that that might be the linchpin of the agitator manifesto and what really makes it work which is that our whole goal has been to marry in the way that Mike has married his own idiosyncrasies to a workmanlike ethic because you you see workmanlike artists all the time and they completely fly under the radar because you know they show up they come in under budget they have the product, it sells, and it's good. 
And that's admirable. I do like that. But Mike has is like this uh this raging force of creativity that can't help but come out through that work, mm -hmm. right? So it's like it's like creativity and self-expression through discipline is the idea. You know, it's it's not um well, it's been, you know, three years since I made a film or three years since I wrote a book, but, you know, I'm, I'm working on it and I, you know, once I get everything, all my ducks in a row, I'll have this masterpiece. Or you can show up, you can understand the assignment, and they're not all hits. What I like about Connect is that it's not a huge, it's not a hit. Like, this ain't Itchy the Killer. It's not Gozu. It's not Dead or Alive, you know? <clears throat> it's him showing up, and I like seeing that kind of shit displayed, where it feels like it's a genius who is on a budget, on a time crunch, uh, who's doing what he can, to still inject himself into what he wants to be like a mainstream thing. But I think that's where the juice really comes from. Because, like, do you want to be the guy who has two films and then dies of a fucking heroin overdose or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, do you want to be that guy? You want to be the guy who has, like, a, an entire catalog that you can get through in 15 maybe 20 hours if you like watch all their movies back to back or do you want to be like Miike who has fucking 115 credits now at this point like if you want to get through that guy's body of work you better set aside a month of just straight Miike shit and you will find moments of brilliance that are greater than that person who only made two, three, four movies. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it, and like the embracing the homework is comes like where we're at in the manifesto is it, you know it's not separate from the other from the previous chapters where you you are injecting yourself into it you're experimenting with each project you're allowing it to all you're not holding anything precious like more and more my revelations a lot lately have been like i'm not none of us are unique snowflakes we're not like you're a conduit mm. and if you accept that mm. then you know the currents like the it will flow through you but there's no way for it not to there's no way for it not to you know what i mean like your homework assignment could be to write you know somebody comes to you and says like bro i'll give you fifty thousand dollars to write a a six book crime series <clears throat> and you're like okay take that check start writing that shit the crime series that you come out with is is necessarily going to be it's almost like uh you know it's like the high and low, the sacred and the profane, the yin and yang need to be on balance with that kind of shit, right? 
if you're all yin and you just want to make fucking slop that people can fucking consume and forget that's not good but if you're all yang and you you just want to make like the most pure distilled creative shit like that's not good either it's like you need to be giving yourself homework assignments right (laughs) and being like i'm doing this popular mainstream basic bitch normie shit but through that i will create something incredible yeah i also love the potentiality of interpretation like because you might feel like you didn't quite express what you were trying to with one thing and then move on to the next like you look at nikkei he's got first love like recently you know the past several movies that we've been able to watch that have been released or that we've been able to pirate you've got like blade of the immortal which is an excellent adaptation you've got uh you know it's high octane it's popcorn fodder it's got mikaisms it's pretty much you know it's not itchy the killer either but it's it's solid for what it is it's solid they should have kept the swastika but they could otherwise, have been. Yes. probably would have <laughs> but uh <laughs> Then you, you've got First Love, which pretty much unanimously, like all of us, when we covered that with Grant, we were all like, it was all right. And then the second time, it was like, it was good. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, what, you've got a couple, like, sort of rim shots, you know, connect, obviously, being the last. That's like, eh. Terraformers. Terraformers. Um, being like that's fun. There's Mike in it. It's got everything. It's not like he's slacking. It's just like, yeah, this one. No, this one isn't it. And you've got Mole Song, a fucking masterpiece. One of the one of the best mm-hmm. Mike movies mm-hmm. of all time. Itchy included. It's up there. Right. And you're like, fuck. It's up there. And so he's not somebody who gets hung up on like oh have i lost the sauce have i this or that he just makes the next thing and it's you get a Mm -hmm. you get a blade of the immortal you get a first love you get a terraformers and you get a mole song it's like you just keep going yep yeah and it like as an artist that's really important too to not i don't think Mike. I can't imagine that guy ever reads reviews for his movies. <clears throat> I have to imagine he's just on to the next thing. Yeah, he like I kind of feel like like a like a solid way of thinking about it, which I know from reading his diaries and shit, is to just like Miege also has this humility about him, where he, at least publicly, the way that he expresses his own thing is like, yeah, I always go back to the Sukamoto Miege where he recognizes Sukamoto as like a superior artist right he's like I will never defeat him that's what he says like 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 in his diary but fuck in my opinion I think Mike is a fucking superior artist absolutely and that falls in with the subjectivity of you know with the uh, with with the interpretation of your 
of your output, you know, it, it's so much more open. There's so many other possible interpretations when you have such a large output. It's like, I mean, even look at us with Dead Boy. It hasn't sold crazy. It's right. something that the both of us kind of sometimes forget about that we did. It, you know, just a fun mm -hmm. fuck around thing. But there have been... But that's some people's favorite yes, book. Yes, there have been some people who are like, this is the best. This is... And we're like, cool. Like, I'm not going to say... It's like, I'm oh. not going to say you're wrong. I'm not going to say, no, Mercy is my best. I'm like, that's... You think Dead Boy is the best thing I've written? I think that's great. Yep. Good. Good. And it's like, I like this idea also of having like a a friendly creative nemesis right who's just like always in your because like for me it's like uh stephen graham jones or brian evanson like those are the people who i'm like i will never defeat them they're too good but i will fucking try i will keep fucking trying and who knows maybe at the end of the day maybe i will maybe i won't but i like the i like the idea of those people being there who like it's like you don't you don't the way that I, I dislike uh, some writers like you're you know like people who we've mentioned I don't need to go back and say their names yet again but like those people I hate and uh, I am better than them so it's like not competition but like the people who I really respect the Jeff Jacksons and the Stephen Graham Jones and the Brian Evansons and I'm trying to think of a girl. Uh, no, <laughs> no, not not coming to me. Uh, Ursula Le Guin, perfect. Ursula Le Guin, right? Um, <clears throat> but it's good to have those, right? Where you're like, no, I'm, I'm not them. I'm not them. It keeps you humble. It keeps it's like that that I think I think humility is important. I think it's important to be bombastic and fucking dick on the table and but I also do think it's important to have those people who like you don't have to let other people know who you think your betters are but you should have betters. And um right. a separation. It goes back to the conduit thing. Like are you like there have been things, I think we we even spilled it on one of the Agitagency episodes, the thing that like was your idea that I wrote, and we didn't even talk about it. Like, ideas mm -hmm. will hop to, mm -hmm. they'll come out of somebody. And mm -hmm. with the Mike Tsukamoto thing, it is a humility thing, and it's also an acknowledgement of, oh, there's somebody else doing something that I don't have to. It's an agency to do your own thing, because Ooh, I like Sukumoto that. I like that. I like that. You've never seen. You've seen Mike be like, "Well, I will never beat him." That's what he said. But have you ever seen Mike try to be Sukamoto? Never. No. Never. And honestly, for me, never. like you're kind of that guy. Whereas, like, mm. you, I don't try to mm -hmm. copy the shit that you're doing, but it every time i see it like when you send a work in progress of this and that i'm like oh word hell yeah i'm fired up to do my thing that's nothing like what you're working on it's just like he's doing that so i get to do this it's a third thing right it's not uh 
it's not either like jealousy or admiration. It's like a third thing. It's juice. It's just juice. You just get juiced off of it. Because <clears throat> when you said that, that was, it's funny, our, our minds are kind of synced because I was thinking like you and me could be like Sukumoto and Mike, right? Uh, the Broken River Collective in general is kind of that. Because low key, like we're all doing our own things, but like, you know, Grant dropped Bullet Tooth recently and I was like, damn, I would never write something like this. But I'm amped that he did it. You know what I mean? Like, Bullet Tooth is like, Grant can write Grant in a way that I could, like, I couldn't write Bullet Tooth. I couldn't write Ghost of East Baltimore. I couldn't write Howl. Couldn't write Mercy. But I can write Dying World. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not even, I don't know. Like, I don't want to underplay it, though, because, like, I mean, low-key, like, it, it is competition, right we are we are all gassing each other up and part of that is being like look what the fuck i'm doing you know what i mean like we flop our dicks on the table every night like look look what i'm doing but it's like but it's gas instead of being uh you know detrimental to our process right i don't read something from eddie or you or david or grant and think like, well, I better not, I better not write anymore, because who gives a shit now, right? This is too good. No, I read Bullet Tooth or Mercy or Ghosts or Hell or whatever, and like, and I'm like, I'm gonna go sit down, and and write some shit, because I'm gonna make these motherfuckers laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do my thing. It's it's it's. Like the Broken River thing is like it is the perfect synthesis of like brotherhood and also, but also friendly competition. Yeah, because you want something to bring to the table too. You want your mm-hmm. dick to measure up when you flop it out in front of the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to come out with like, what a, I don't even know what a small dick is. What is that? Is that like a. Was that like like ten inches is small? Yeah, that small uh, to me. I've, I've I mean, I don't know. I feel like that that might that might be that might be regular, but to me, ten is small. So it's like, mm, yeah, you don't you don't want to show up with a little ten inch shrimp. <laughs> but yeah, but this is what I'm talking about. It's like. Like this is what people need to understand about about agitator, about broken river, about whatever. It's like we talk shit and we we back that shit up, but like, it's not all fucking you know. Just everything's cool, in the bro- I mean everything is cool. Like, we don't fight, but like, but we're also not just like you know. Oh well, you know you needed to take a day off for you, right? If somebody comes to the chat and is like, oh, I'm fucking sad. My dog's dying. It's like, well, is your fucking vagina dying? Like, I don't understand. Like, what? why are you being... It's that balance, bro. Like, people don't understand this balance concept. Like, the balance is the whole thing. Like, yes, compete with your bros. Be friends with your bros. You know, uh, uh, go on writing retreats with your bros. Do DMT with your bros. 
love your bros, but also you want to be better than your bros because that's what drives the whole fucking thing. It's friendly competition. I want my next book to be better than Mercy. You want Samurai Jesus to be better than God's Fair No Better and vice versa. Like, But no matter how it shakes out, like, I love you. I don't hate you. And we we create that thing together. And that's what makes them you know so what I mean? like, great too, because it's sharp. And it's gonna be what's mm-hmm. amazing about God's fair no better and Samurai Jesus and probably Howling Earth. As far as I, you know, Eddie's like I'm gonna write a hundred of these. It will keep going, so we'll keep showing each other up. Oh, because we're gonna, get, dude. I love you brought that up because like we're gonna go through slumps. It's going to be like, yo, God's Fair No Better book 14 through 17. You were kind of out of ideas there, bro. Right? Or like Samurai Jesus book 12 and 13, not your best. Howling Earth book 25 and 26, you were scrambling. You didn't really know what you were doing. But like, we just keep going. Because mm-hmm. there's hundreds of these fucking things. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. Yeah, Howling Earth, book 25, was a nadir for the series, okay? Sure, fine. But, y'all saw where I went with book 31. So, I mean, could I have gotten to 31 without 25? I don't know, maybe. It's so fucking cool. See, like, what I want people to take away from this is, like, do you see how much fun... Me, Kelby, Grant, David, and Eddie have every day making shit. You could have that. Or you could make some shit by yourself. Lonely. And bitch. then go through this weird job application process. Bitch about your ideas to like, being to like ripped be, off. Bitch about your ideas being ripped off. All this kind of shit. Like, and we are literally just on a roller coaster every day I wake up and we talk shit in that group chat and I'm like this is so fucking fun like this five dudes find five dudes no chicks no chicks at all cannot be girls in the group five dudes you will fucking take off yeah yeah uh, Rios is like the patron saint of Broken River in the sense that like she's respectfully outside of the group chat above it if you will and still mm-hmm. part, above part it if you will part of it you know but just you're you don't need to be in here boys are talking you, you don't want to right. be in here <laughs> you don't want to be in here and she does her own thing she fucking she's killing it she inspires me every day cause like literally while we were talking she came out here and got her laptop and she'll be in that room fucking working on her next book uh, diligently. I'm like, damn. You do that every day? But she does, right? Which like, oh, by the way, like with the smoke kind of thing, I do want to say this publicly, right? Because a lot of my reticence to talk shit in public is like I don't want to 
I don't want anything to like come back on her, right? Uh, but just know that if you ever go for Rios in any capacity whatsoever, I will go to jail because I will kill you. Like leave her the fuck out of everything. She's not me. She doesn't co-sign anything that I say. She regularly puts me in check. Uh, and I have seen, <clears throat> you know, some like opportunities and shit dry up from certain people because, you know, I don't know what she's supposed to do. She's supposed to, like, what, fucking after 20 years, she's going to divorce me. I'm like the father of her child. I'm gonna, she's going to renounce me entirely. But, like, uh, if anybody ever decides that, like, that's the route they want to go, it's not, it's not fun, funny podcast online shit anymore. Like, I will fucking kill you. So I just want to put that out there. I co-sign that hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't fuck with our families. Um, no, no. You already been. Don't, if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about it, if you actually directly come for anything, then yeah. That's like a. That's just like gross, overstepping of boundaries, right? Like, why does she? Uh, why does she associate with him? I don't know because she loves me. <laughs> because we have a whole ass relationship that's outside of your weird online Twitter bullshit. Like Rios is like, she's more far left than I am, and we disagree on a lot of shit. But it, she's not me, right? Like, don't don't punish her to punish me, or I will kill you. Oh. Mic drop. That's it. All right. End, End of episode. episode. <laughs> I will kill you at the end. Mm-hmm.